You're listening to the Happier Marriage Podcast, and this is episode number four. The topic of this episode is in the form of a question, which is, are you making any of these five mistakes some couples make in their marriage? As you listen, check off the one that you might be guilty of that might be keeping you from having a happier marriage. Also, make sure you bookmark this podcast as your top resource for insights on having a happier marriage. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm King Grant, a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified relationship coach, and an in-demand speaker who have been married for over three decades with two adult children. I'm also the founder and CEO of Helping Families Improve, a counseling center that caters to helping families experience the life God intended for them to have. So how do we have a happier marriage where love, respect, and deep connection takes place? That's what you'll find out as you listen to the Happier Marriage Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I hope you're ready for another round of the Happier Marriage Podcast. This episode might trigger you because it hits close to home, but that is one of the purpose of this show, right? to stir things up, and then to take you in for a safe landing. So buckle up and and here we go. Now the question on the table is, are you making any of these five mistakes some couples make in their marriage? Before I even dive into these five mistakes, right? I would even, even say it's five top mistakes. Because every one of us, including myself, yours truly, have made and will make mistakes in our marriage. I have made a lot of mistakes. I mean, I've been married, as you heard, over three decades. That means I have had a lot of opportunity to make, you know, mucho (laughs) mistakes. And thank God the mistakes I have made have not being um have not cost me my my marriage could some of those mistakes have cost me my marriage who knows right because we just don't know what a mistake might look like because we are dealing with another person who may not see it as lightly or as uh, as we see it right so the person who makes a mistake may not see it as a severe um, matter as the other person who is experiencing was on the other side of it sees it. You know, I have um, worked with couples over the years. I mean, number a number of couples, and many times I have had one of the couple a spouse who would say that he or she isn't seeing the gravity. They may not use the word gravity, but they would say something like. They don't see the seriousness. They don't take it as serious as I see it. And the other person might be saying, well, I don't think it's that serious, right? Have you been there? I don't think it's that bad. 
what, what what did I do that was so wrong? And and the, and somehow they're seeing the behavior of the spouse who was on the receiving end as almost like out of proportion. They're thinking, man, that's like an overkill because what I did is not that bad. <laughs> and, and they're using their own way, you know, their own measurement to say it's not that bad. Well, here's what I find out. If you're the person who made the mistake, you're not the one who is qualified. I mean, I'm not saying you're not qualified to have a, a voice or an opinion or see things differently. I'm not talking about that part. But you're, you've disqualified yourself as the person who is going to determine whether or not it's a mistake. Well, not sorry. I'm sorry. Whether or not the gravity, the seriousness of it um, is determined by you. For example, if I stepped on your toe or your toes, I may say, man, it's not that bad. But who is the one who's feeling it? Who is the one that is whose toes or toe is throbbing? Not mine if I stepped on your toe. So I can't tell you that it's not that bad. It's not that serious. Because you have your own uh, filters and ways of determining what is serious than what is not. And sometimes what we may downplay as not as serious, somebody else does, the other person does. And we want to trust that they are, in a sense, you know, saying what they're saying and they're being honest. Yes, and you may say, well, they're not being honest. I don't trust what they're saying. Well, that's maybe for another a story or another uh, opinion for another time. But in this context of what we're talking about, I want you to understand that if you are the the one who did who is who is making these mistakes or making any of these mistakes, you maybe you want to look in the mirror and and take responsibility and take ownership. And that's where we have change occur. And you'll see in one of the mistakes I'm going to list, it talks about it talks about this very thing, because we were holding on to wanting to be right, and then we end up losing our relationship, our marriage, because we're so bent on being right, which is another mistake that a lot of couples make. But I'll talk about that in a few moments. So let's begin. With this, and this is not in any top numerical order, like one is number one. No, they're all, I believe, top, I would say the top five mistakes some couples are making in their marriage. The first one I have here, <laughs> I see this a lot. And maybe you might be guilty of this. We'll find out. And, and that is trying to change your spouse. Trying to change your spouse. How many times I've seen couples who enter a, a marriage, when they're dating, there are some things that are glaring issues, right? And they kind of overlook, it, overlook that because they're looking through rose-colored glasses. And so things that were, are problematic, they somehow think, oh, that will go away. When I marry my spouse, when I marry him or her, it won't be that way. So what they have in their mind is, without saying it, is I will change him, I will change her, or they will change. Give, it, give them some time, and now that we are married, they will change. And they, will, they may not, in the initial, um, the opening of the relationship, the marriage, do much about it. But as time goes by, 
as time goes by, the very things they overlooked, the very things that attracted them, they're finding a problem with it now, right? So I say, what attract, now they're attack, is attacked, right? What was attract, attracted, um, or is attractive, right, is now being the thing that's being attacked. Because what happened is, it's getting old. And so the idea is, I want to change my spouse. I want to, and, and the attempt is made, the attempt is made in so many ways. I've seen it, you know, you name it, from the idea of withholding um, sexual um, intercourse. I see it from money in monetary ways. It may be power plays. It may be um, just a number of ways. And, and you may be able to, you know, in your relationship, if that's what's happening, you will see the other person who is trying to change is manipulating, is doing whatever they can to get that spouse to do, to behave a certain way or to be to, to change, right? To become what they had intended and hoped for in that marriage. And so that is something, my friend, that will not allow you to experience a happier marriage because that person is going to recognize that and they will use words like, you're trying to control me. But don't control me. Stop controlling me. And so I'm not controlling you. Well, what, what you're saying is you're trying to change me. And that is the essence of what they are experiencing and feeling. And they begin to push back. And then the marriage begins to go into conflict. And so it's not going to get you a happier marriage if you're trying to change your spouse. So you know, it looks, as I mentioned, it looks a lot different from relationship to relationship. To relationship. I've seen you know, I mean, a gamut of that right across the, the spectrum of different ways one spouse is trying to change the other. So trying to change your spouse is a recipe for disaster, but also I can tell you it will guarantee that you will not have a happier marriage. Number two, and this one, as I mentioned it, I want you to listen carefully because you may get thrown off by the way I frame this, but listen for my explanation before you jump to a conclusion, right? And number two is ganging up on your spouse. Ganging ganging up on your spouse. What I find sometimes, especially in relations in, in where there's children, older children, not toddlers, but older children in, involved, one spouse may try to use the children, try to use the children to get at the other spouse and kind of, you know, gang up on that spouse. And, and this spouse realizes that. They realize that, once one, you know, their, their partner, their wife or their husband is trying to use the children to gang up on that spouse, you know, to make him do things or get him to change some things, right? Or to change his mind on some things. Or it may be other family members. It might be getting in-laws involved, right? So it's ganging up on, trying to find, getting outside sources, it could be friends, right? Close friends, family members, you name it, is trying to gang up on your spouse and trying to get him or her to do certain things that they're not doing that you want them to do. It's almost like still trying to change them, but it's ganging up, trying to involve other people to get your spouse to see certain things the way that you want them to see it or to behave a certain way. 
And that is what I recommend, my friend. When you have those, one of those issues and you are at a stalemate, you don't know what else to do. I recommend that you get outside help from professionals, not family members, right? Unless both persons are um, mutually agreed upon that they are going to find a, a family member that they could both talk to about a matter. But I want to I want to recommend prefer, um, preferably to see a, a professional, like a counselor like myself, or a coach, somebody you can talk to who is neutral who is not going to be biased on either side. And so you don't have to gang up on your spouse. They will see it. They will notice it. And then now they begin to include the people you've included in it as adversary, right? Not as allies anymore, as adversary, and realize they are teaming up and ganging up on him or her, and now they begin to push back in different ways. Number three, believing the 50-50 lie or myth. That is, when you hear this, that a marriage is 50-50, right? You've heard that before? Uh, Do you believe that? Is that how you're operating your marriage? If that's the way, my friend, I can guarantee again, you will not end up with a happier marriage. Because marriages are not 50-50. Imagine what that means is that if you're giving 50%, and your spouse is giving 50%. I know the idea is that when you put them together, you get 100. But you're getting 100 of a cumulative amount. You're not get, getting 100 of one person. You're only getting 50, right? So if I give 50, my wife gives 50. We say, oh, we have 100. But I didn't get her 100. She didn't get my 100. She got my 50. And I got her 50. So that means I'm holding back on the relationship. I'm not giving the relationship what it really needs. So 50-50 is a lie. It's a myth. One that ought to be shattered. One that ought to be gotten rid of. A marriage is 100%, 100%. Right? If you want to add it, add it up and say you get 200, fine, go ahead. That's okay. At least it's 200 is better than 100, but you're getting more. The point is each person is... Uh, required if they want a happier marriage to give a hundred percent of themselves to the marriage, not ninety nine, not ninety eight, not ninety five, a hundred percent. Right now, I know that at times there's issues that come up, and you feel like you you can't give a hundred percent, or you may have been given a hundred percent and you're exhausted. You're just like I can't give anymore. I'm I'm tapped out. Right, I'm just tapping out because I just can't. Well. I understand that. That's a whole different ball game. It's a conflict resolution skill that need to be taught there. But the point is that if you want to have a happier marriage, both of you have to be committed. That's the word. Committed to giving 100% of yourself to the relationship. Okay? Number four. Assuming your spouse, your husband, your wife, should know what you want from them. <laughs> right? It's shooting all over yourself in that regard. Because here's what happened. The word should implies that the person is ought to be a mind reader. The person ought to be a future teller, right? Can tell the future. And therefore, they should know. Should has that involved, implied. That is something that they ought to have known that 
and you assume that they do. And here's what here's an argument I've heard so many times from couples. By now, come on now. By now, he should know. By now, she should know. She know she knows what I want. She knows what I like. I don't have to keep on telling her. I don't have to keep on telling him. But my friend, listen. The should part, again, it means that you're raising that person's level to one I believe of omnipotence, right? Or um omniscience means I would say omniscience, meaning that all knowing they should know everything. And here's, here's what I find. I think that it's sometimes lazy on the part of the person who is saying you should know because they don't want to do the work. They don't want to communicate effectively on a regular basis, right? They're communicating, but not effectively on a regular basis. And so they are putting that burden on the other person that you should know what I want. You should know what I like. No, it's something too sacred, my friend. You're, you're trying to outsource something that is really your responsibility. So I know that it's easy to say you should, and I have done that. I'm going to say, I'm not going to sit here and think and say, I didn't, I haven't used that word in my relationship in over 30 plus years of marriage. Come on now. I have used that uh, to my wife and others. You should know this. You should have known that. Well, that is, again, I recognize and I have worked hard to avoid using that phrase, you should know what I want. I want to, I want to speak up for myself. I want to communicate my needs, what I want, so that that person doesn't have to guess and then be blamed for not guessing correctly, right? So assuming your spouse um, should know is not healthy and is not helpful and it will help, it will um, keep you from having a happier marriage, right? And as you know, the word assumption is one thing I tell couples many, many times is as much as possible, take out the negative assumptions out of your vocabulary, right? You're assuming that they should have done this or done that. And you know what assumption or assuming means, right? It means, you know, making a, a donkey, <laughs> an ass out of you and me. That's what it means. And we don't want that to happen. So we want to make sure that we we communicate effectively and not assume certain things. And the last one in the top five. So the first one is trying to change your spouse. Number two, ganging up on your spouse. Number three, believing the 50-50 lie myth. Number four, assuming your spouse should know what you want from them. And number five, wanting to win at all costs. How often have I met, worked with couples, and one of them are so adamant about being right? And, and that, this is what they will say. They'll say something like, you know, um, when I know I'm right, I'm not going to in any way pretend otherwise. And what I would have conversation with couples over the years, and I can tell you, it's a lot of couples, one partner, a husband or a wife, who will basically um, make this, a, you know, it's a life and death. They're going to go down to the grave being right. And I would say to that couple, okay, or to that one spouse, okay, you you want to be right. So here's the thing. By you being right, guess what that means? That somebody else is wrong. And you want to put that your spouse in that position to be wrong so you can be right. And here's what the phrase I use often with my with my um, couples, I'll say. 
I'll say something to this um, ex, um, as to the extent. I'll say, well, you know, it's not so much about who is right, but what is right. What is right for the relationship? Now, I know there's some ways to kind of, um, you know, navigate this, and there's ways to kind of create skills and give tools. But because we're just kind of highlighting and, and pointing out the things today, there are all these things I've mentioned. There are strategies, there are tools, there are more effective ways of doing all of this. And that is what the work that I believe a professional counselor can do to help you to do. And of course, that's what I, I also can help you to do. And here's the good news. I'm working on a, basically a course, a program, a program that will help you doing this very thing. And I hope you'll, you will stay tuned and, and be hang around and, and be, you know, make sure you're following me on social media at Kingsley Grant. Make sure you're listening to this podcast regularly, every episode that comes out. Make sure you're also giving a feedback, a review on this podcast, what your thoughts about it. When you see it on social media, I hope you are giving the show some love and, you know, making some comments and, and sharing it. And so others can be a part of this because I will be putting together a program that will help unpack a lot of these things, right? And if you have any questions or comments or or on any of what you're hearing, please make sure you reach out to me at podcast at kingsleygrant.com, podcast at kingsleygrant.com. You can also DM me on social media at kingsleygrant and, you know, any platform you see this on, so I can also reach out to you or I communicate with you, or I may be able to answer your questions in a an episode like this where I'll, I'll talk more about it in depth where it can help others as well. So please, you know, communicate with me. If you want to remain anonymous in any moment, any time, anytime, you can also um, ask to be anonymous and I will make sure I protect your privacy at all costs. That's what I want to do to help a whole bunch of people. So my friend, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Happier Marriage Podcast. Again, please make sure you like it, love it, you know, share it, all those good stuff. And I would truly appreciate that. My friend, as we wrap things up, I want to remind you this, that with God, all things are possible. No matter what your marriage is like today, remember, there's a God in heaven who cares and loves and wants your marriage to be a happy one, to succeed. And he wants you to have a happier marriage because the happier your marriage is, guess what happens? The happier your home is. And the happier your home is, if you have children, the happier your children will be. And the, basically, it just begins to flow out from that like a river. That's what God wants for you. That was, that's what God wants from me as well. So let me encourage you to make sure you make him a part of your marriage. With that said, my friend, thank you for taking the time to listen. And I wish you God's blessing, God's peace, God's grace upon your marriage today. Peace out, my friend, and God bless. And I'll see you on the flip side. Yes. Yes.